That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello, and welcome to Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, along with my fantastic brother, Kenny. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why I'd be the one doing the introductions first, because this is like the ultimate of ultimate episodes. For me, for, yeah. For my brother. Yeah. So I thought he'd be the one just taking the no, ball. you know how we share back and forth every other episode? <laughs> well, then I'm honored, because this episode is my brother's <laughs> ultimate, ultimate, favorite, favorite, favorite it episode. It is. Here are the details. This is uh, episode 14 from season one. It's called Generation to Generation. It originally aired on January 29th, 1990. Is directed by John McPherson, and the writers are Diane Froblo and Andrew Schneider. Good writers. Yeah, they're the yeah they're the like the I think they wrote most of the episodes and most of the TV movies, so they really know. The so series. that's why they're all his favorite. But this is his favorite. This is my favorite, favorite, favorite. ultimate favorite. Yes. What? I've told you a hundred times. Don't drink the bile from the carton. Get a glass. Emily, Emily, you leave your things all over the house. Dad, you could explode. What? Explode? What? I'm doing an experiment. I'll get it. Okay? I don't want you doing dangerous things with this chemistry. Okay, okay. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. Buck, chill out. Break a bar. This house is a mess, young man. Voskos vos Romanos asi jong. Voskos vos la nam pavre asi rafa. Ronimons, Ronimons, shoes, shoes. You're forgetting your technique. You should be practicing it every day. Why? Why do I need it? Ah, Celine! We've got to assemble this pod swing. I am sick of looking at that box lying around. Yes, all right. But Uncle Moodry's in the guest room. Where are we going to put it? <sighs> Could we talk about this later? What are we going to name my new baby sister? Well, there's several possibilities. I like Heidi. Well, Uncle Moodry says that you should name a girl after the mother's mother. Vesna? I hate that name. Why don't we call her something pretty like Wilma? Or Heidi. I agree with Uncle. You should name her Vesna. The episode summary. A series of murders in which the victims are burned to death is tied to a mysterious Tectonese box that keeps transferring from person to person. George is shocked to learn that a ton of people involved in the killing is Uncle Mudri, who is a member of the elders. The newcomers chosen to keep the old ways alive in the minds of future generations. The search for the box intensifies with Sykes and George finally coming to an understanding its importance to the memory of the Tecton's home planet. As a subplot, Sykes becomes a big brother to a youth, first to avoid weakened police duty, and then because he realized the importance of reaching out to others in need. Smell newcomer's been dead a long time. I'd guess about five years. It's difficult at this point to determine the cause of death. We'll have to run some tests. Ah! Something bit me. A spider? I hate spiders. Deputy Ruiz tells me that we're under what was the final approach of your ship five years ago. Most likely, this barley was thrown from it by the force of one of the explosions. Uh, say, do you have snakes up here? You should be wearing boots. The bottom line, I don't believe we're looking at a homicide here. Great, let's get back to civilization. Come on. Wait. The skeleton's position looks as if it were holding something, protecting it against its body. I agree. You see the scrap? We can assume whatever it was, it was wrapped in this. Dina. 
cloth. It's used to cover sacred ceremonial objects. Whatever it was, someone took it. They broke the arm off to get at it. Yes, and it's a recent break. George, scavenger hunting isn't a crime. We don't have a case here. Matt, this newcomer was protecting something from the ship, something very important. I want to know what that was. Does anyone live in the vicinity? The kids were camping with their family. Most of this area is the national forest. There's one guy, lives in a barn. Kind of an oddball. All right, we're going to start with our main cast members. We have Terry Trejas as the beautiful Kathy Frankel. We have Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Then we have Ron Fazler as Captain Brian Grazer. We have Gary Graham as Detective Matt Sykes. Next up, Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. We have Lauren Woodland as Emily Francisco. And rounding out the Francisco family, Sean Six as Buck Francisco. And finally, Jeff Marcus as Albert Einstein. Even though he wasn't in the episode. Yes, and <laughs> neither was Kathy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Which is unusual. For the guest cast, we have Scott Jack as Henry Glass. Timothy Scott as Lowell Brannigan. We have Francis Guinan as Howard Thayer. We have Aubrey Morris as the auctioneer. We have Peggy Doyle as Lucille. Ernestine Mercer as Chrisava. Ryan Cutrano as Philip Dunway. Stephanie Baldwin as Girl. <laughs> Those are my favorites. <laughs> we have Damon Gradine as Boy. <laughs> you must have been opposite the girl. <laughs> Tony Merver as Ruiz. James Green as Uncle Moodry. And finally, Michael Fastino as Sidney Foley. Which was a good kid actor, that Sidney. Yes. Very Goodness good. gracious. Yeah. Police! You're blowing stuff up. It smells like Primacord. Primacord, man. That's how I make my pictures. Lowell Bradigan, man. You never seen my stuff? I sell all the Renaissance fairs, man. I thought hippies were extinct. Hip... what? Uh, peace, love, organic food. Yeah. Let me buff this up for you. Uh, Mr. Bradigan. Heavy, huh? Looks like Henry. Where did you get this? It's no rag. Where did you get it? I don't know. An uh, old shirt, uh, a tie-dye. There was an object wrapped in this fabric taken from a newcomer skeleton. Oh, man, what are you laying that bummer on me for? I love newcomers, now, You man. took that object. What was it? No. Rob the dead is the worst kind of karma, man. What would my next life be like if I did that, man? Go ahead, take it away, ultimate favorite episode of all time. <laughs> Uh, we're to start with this one. Okay, well, first of all, this is my number 10. 10 out of 10. This is it. This is my ultimate Numero favorite. Numero uno, number yes. one. And of it, all the episodes, this one always sticks out in my mind as being my favorite. Why? That's why, that's, that's what everybody out there in Alienation Land wants to know. Why is this your favorite? Before we go into, why? Oh, I don't know. It's just something about the emotions that George goes through, um... The, the whole history of their Tanktonese world, Tankton, which is just incredible. And I love the last scene where they're actually standing on Tankton, looking out over the, the skyline. Um, I don't know. There's just something about this this episode. But, I mean, I can go back and say that about a lot of the episodes. But <laughs> whenever I think of Alienation, this episode pops in first. So it's just I, – I, I don't know. There's just something about it. I like the story behind it. I like the heart behind it. It was a really touching story, and it was – it wasn't about it was you know there there was an investigation but that wasn't really about what it was it was about passing on generations because they don't want them to lose their generation to so forget that, their history because it starts off with Emily 
forgetting Tank Denise. Well, let's start off. Why don't we start off with the episode? Do you want to start off? Okay. Well, there's a boy and girl playing tag. That's the boy and the girl. Yes. That we mentioned in guest stars. And they are playing tag, and the girl comes across a skeleton. And then George, of course, Georgian and Sykes are called to the scene, and we find out that the skeleton um, is about five years old, and it's in the pathway of where the ship crashed. So they're assuming that this this body was blown out of the ship when it crashed, and it was holding and it was holding something because mm-hmm. one of the arms was recently broken. And it comes to find out that this hippie guy who lives nearby um, actually stole the box and sold it to an auctioneer and i might add that guy is just funny yeah he was funny. a good character he was great. a total hippie though yeah straight up man it yeah was good, just a it was, it was it a good was, character he was a great character yeah, yeah. The, the role the guy played it was perfect you know he's they find like he doesn't really want to talk he's like i don't know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. well yeah because you don't want to take something from a from dead, a dead body. person right but then Matt finds a pot plant. Yeah. And he goes, whoa, man. I thought it was oregano. I thought it was oregano, my buddy. You know, it's just so funny. Yo, Rembrandt. Better talk to my partner here or I'll bust you for the weed. Oh, wow, man. Wow. Is that what that is? Marijuana? Oh, some guy gave that to me, man. He told me that was oregano. I got your oregano. All right. And so he's like, you're not going to bust me for that. And Matt ends up spray painting it. Yeah. Because I wouldn't advise you to smoke that. And the guy's like, oh, man. You know? So yeah. It was just yeah, really he was, cool. He was a good character. But you find out he sold it to an auctioneer. And for he had a card. For 200 bucks. Yeah, $200. And he had a card. So we wind up going to the auction. Um, well, Muji hears about it. And he knows what the box is. He right knows away. it's important to him. The elders have been looking for it for five years now since they've been on Earth. And... He has to have it. So he's at the auction with Buck and George. Interesting piece, isn't it? This belongs to our people. It belongs to the highest bidder. Oh, you mustn't sell this. You must give it to me. I'm an elder. If I gave things away, I couldn't stay in business, could I? And they're like, well, maybe we'll have enough money. And, you know, Muji's like, you got to get it. Just He wants you to just take it. It's yeah, ours. Get the box. It belongs to us. We own it. They have no right to auction it off. It's ours. And obviously, that doesn't work in our human world. Um, so they're like, well, maybe it'll be cheap. But then you come to find out there's this guy who's there bidding on someone else's behalf. And, and he's like, how much? He's like, the sky's the limit. Go, we need it. So the, the bidding starts and it's 8,000. Yeah, it starts at 8. And then Mooch goes starts, up. Mooch yeah, Mooch starts <laughs> throwing up and the George old. George freaking out. Yeah, it's 22, 23. And he's like, he, he has no money. He can't do this. <laughs> it's a ceremonial box, perhaps of. Religious significance with beautiful metal and stone in there. Still sealed. The box's contents are unknown, adding to the mystery and value of this delightful piece. We shall begin the bidding at $8,000. Do I hear it? Put that down. 17, 18, 18. Are you bidding, sir? 19. 19,000? No, no, no. He's not bidding. 20. 21. Stop it. Uh, He doesn't have any money. Just a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have a line of credit here, sir? 22. I'm sorry, sir, but your bids are invalid. We stand at 20,000. 21. It belongs to us. 22, 23, 24. The Tentonese must have it. 25, 
25 once, twice. Sue to the gentleman, number 1560. So, but the box ends up selling for 25000 The Mujer lunges for it. Yes. You know, because it is a big part of their history. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and Mujer's acting kind of weird. Because, uh, you know, the prior scene, he's talking with Buck, you know, and yeah. he's making this. Well, no, there's another scene prior to that with George and Susan. They're like, we need to talk to Mudri because that's the baby's room that he's staying in. Right, right, right. And all the stuff's all over the house. And he's like, we really need to talk to him and figure out what we're going to do with him. And two seconds later, you know, he's And in two seconds later, he comes in and says, it's time for me to go. Yeah, I'm leaving. Not today, but. But soon. But, yeah. Susan, we can't keep avoiding him. We've got to discuss Uncle Mudri. Where are we going to put him once the baby comes? Well, I've been thinking we could observe tradition and have him sleep in our room. Susan, the adults in this society do not share communal bedrooms. In this society, they put their elders in restrooms. Rest homes. Well, whatever. We can't ask Uncle to leave. Dostamos. Uncle. Uh, George. Uh, Susan. I'm leaving. Uh, in a day or two. There's something I have to do first. I'm not sure what it is yet. But the wall is disappearing. The wall? What wall? The wall. So he kind of knows something's going on. And like Michael mentioned, he's making this chain. And I guess each male member of his family puts another link on it. It goes back 14 generations. That's a long... Yeah, and he gives a chain to Buck to give to... George, George, who will obviously give it to Buck when he goes. But he said at the right time. But yes, he said you'll know. You'll know. You ready, Uncle? Just a moment. Okay, I'll just put these boxes in the car. Wait, come here, Buck. What's that? A semia chain. It's an old tradition among Tanktonese men. They pass it down from generation to generation, like human women pass crystal or jewelry. This came from my father and his father before him, each adding a link. This chain goes back over 14 generations. This is me. (laughs) Another link. Take it. Give it to your father. Why now? Don't you want to keep it with you? No, Fneek, sir. I have everything I need. Your father will continue the chain for me. Give it to him when he's ready. When he's ready? You'll know. And, and you kind of have hints that something may be happening. Because Mujer's saying the wall's come down. Yes, he's finally seeing it. The wall's yet. coming down and this yeah. and that. So, you know, and I, I, I've loved Mujer, you know, since if you've listened to these podcasts yeah. since day one. Just <laughs> One of my most favorite all-time characters yeah. of the Alienation series, you know. Him and Matt Sykes are probably my two favorite characters, you yeah. know. Yeah. And my brother's favorite, so I know, is Kathy. His, yes. <laughs> I love Kathy. So, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, Mudry is just just who he is and yeah. his demeanor. And yeah. You could tell something's going on. I mean, something's serious. Yeah. You know? Something, something big was about yeah, to happen. Yeah, something's going down. So, yeah. so we wind up um, – they, you know, the auction goes, it goes to this big corporation, uh, but the guy who, who bid on it for the the company who purchased it, he's, he Jimmy Jimmy's it open, and they were warned. Muju says, if you open the box, You'll you're going to die. <laughs> Straight up. Period. You know, <clears throat> you, you can't do it. You have to do it a certain way, and if you don't do it right, you're going to die. But obviously the guy doesn't take 
the advice and he opens it up and this huge bright light comes out and at first he's in awe and then all of a sudden he's screaming in pain and then and then it's cut to he's crispy right and the, the funny part is the coroner goes ah oh, he probably died instantly my brother goes no yeah in the last scene he was actually screaming <laughs> so he didn't die instantly is, I mean, he may have died after a few seconds yeah, but, but he did go yeah yeah. For a few seconds, so. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Ken's all, no, he didn't die. Let's go, go, you know, go another scene back. I yeah, mean, he didn't die. Instantly. I mean, because it was like it, it, it didn't really, it didn't turn him to ash. It just fried him because the half, back half of his body, at the light was hitting, was fine. Right. But so that was regular skin tone, and the front of him was completely. Yeah, his arm black. opened up. Yeah, the, the thing and his face. Yeah, up. but the box is missing. So now we're like, okay, well, who has the box? Well, come to find out, Matt and or Matt actually finds a substance on the floor, yes, which coincides with that hippie, yes, who who blows up things for art, right? He makes some weird art, yes, so. and he uses some sort of specific chemical, and that's what they find on the floor. So they know it's him. He's the one that's well. He, they, they know they think they put two and two yeah. together, going, "We think it's this guy." Yeah. So they go there, and as soon as he sees him, he takes he off. He bolts. Man. Yeah, that's like a perfect sign of guilt. <laughs> Is when you run from the police, they don't even say anything. He just looks at him and goes, oh, man. And he just takes <laughs> off running. So I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. So they wind up getting him, taking him down. And he's like, I didn't kill the man. I didn't, you know, he was upset. because, And he's rightfully so to be upset. He got $200 for that box. He was at the auction house when it went for $25,000. So he felt he got robbed. So he felt he got robbed. So he Political propaganda, man. Yeah. He was just going <laughs> off about it. it was, so, he, so he said that you know, the guy was already charred when he got there. When he picked up the box, it was still hot. Because he burned his hands. And he actually burned his hands with it. I didn't kill him, man. You have the right to remain silent. I stole the box, but I didn't kill the guy, man. He's dead when I broke in, I swear to God. Yeah, come on. You know who killed him? I'll tell you who killed him, man. It was a box. The box killed him, man. It was still hot, and it burned my hands. It burned you come on back to my place and I'll show you. Box is evil, man. So as they're taking him, he's like, I can I can prove it. The box is back at my place, blah, blah, blah. And as they're walking back, you see this this white station wagon tearing out of the thing. And you're like, oh crap. So so you know, obviously someone got to the got box. To the box. And of course, you know, it's it's revealed that the box is taken. Yep. And you know, we are led to believe that it's the corporation. corporation. Mm-hmm. So they go back to the corporation and, you know, they're adamantly denying it, saying if we had it, it's ours. We would we pay for it. To, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's our there's box. no reason for us to hide it. It's ours. And um, so they're back at square one. They really don't know what's going on until until George has like a. He's all, who else? They were talking about something and then Mudri yeah. overheard. Where yeah, actually it's Sykes on the phone, and right. Buck overhears George, uh, Sykes on the phone, and he's like, "How's he? How's he? What's you know?" Because he's being so how can he hear me? Right, being, Matt's being told, and he he called George to see if he's being told, and then Buck says, "Some oh yeah, I saw someone." He's like you know five feet from the phone, and Matt's like, "How does he know what's what I'm saying?" And George just holds up the phone, and Buck says, "I can hear you. Buck's, I can hear you." And he's, he's like, like, "I forgot you got supersonic yeah. hearing." Yeah. So then, all of a sudden, it clicks with Matt. Like, Mudry was there. Was in yeah. Was in the room when I called you the first time and told you that the hippie had it. Had the box. So what if he went and got it? And they're like, "Oh crap!" He means he's being. We're being tailed. Yes. Yeah, so they rush over to the the where the elders was like an Elks Club kind, right. of, kind of thing. It's where the elders are, and uh, we see. Mudri 
uh, well, a bunch of people surrounding Mudry. Very sad day for me right now, yeah. people. You understand? I knew Michael wasn't going to like this scene. <laughs> I, I forgot. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's sad. It, it, it is chokes sad. me up, man. Uncle Mudry passes away. Yeah. And, uh, he gets beaten and he falls and hits his head. And <laughs> but, but, it, but before that, he actually opens a box. He does. He says, I've been home. He's, oh, so I've been home. So he's, he's very happy. It, he's content with, he knew. Walls down. Yeah, I mean. He knew, so, he, 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 he just. He knew his time was coming. He knew something was happening. And like Michael said, he opens the box like moments before they break in to beat him. Yep. Um, he opens the box and he sees the world. Oh, we don't know that at the moment. But he says, I've been home. And he's happy. I can die a happy man. He's a free, I can die a free man. That was right, it. He's a free a, man. I started off as a slave. Now I'm a free now man. Now I'm a free man. And it's, and it's just a great moment. It's a great little uh, moment between George and Uncle Mudri. What happened here? Are you all right? They took the box. Mudri tried to stop them. They hit him. He fell. This is 1 William 152. We need an ambulance stat for a newcomer at 3521 South Normandy. Roger, 52. George? Promise me you'll bring the box back here. Why still? Promise me for our children. I promise. But you're going to be all right, Uncle. I've been home, George. I've been home. Uncle, it's all right. My heart's full of happiness. We wandered the galaxy as slaves. Now our people are free. I can die a free man. No. You're not going to die. The wall, George. The wall is gone. I can see now. So beautiful. George, real, yeah, he finally realizes how important this is. Because before this, it was like it was police protocol. I gotta, I gotta take the box. The box is part, it's part of the evidence. I gotta take it in. And Muji's like, no, it's ours. It belongs to us. It belongs to our heritage, you know. And Muji was willing to die to and he protect did. it, and unfortunately, he did. And see, he's he's God. He's such a good. That's why I like Muji because he's he's spiritually he's just smart he he knows things like he's, he's otherworldly you know two three episodes or yeah. first couple episodes when he's in the water you know yep water can't hurt you it's i mean he was it's just all mind over matter he was such thing. a great character and i he just was. he was a very colorful character and i'm yeah. sad to see that him go and and i don't know how this is my brother's favorite episode because <laughs> mudri dies it can't be that good but that's why it's my favorite episode not because he <laughs> dies but what he dies the cause for, the, cause. the whole story yeah the, yes because he he and it's consistent with his character. Yeah, you know he would die for that, for his heritage, for his people. Because Muji, as we found out in the previous episode, he was born on Tatum. Yes, you know he wasn't born on the ship like ninety percent of the other people. Right. You know most of the elders are older enough where they could have been born on Tankton. so they remember Tankton. You know, and that's why he's otherworldly. 
you know, even to his own people, he's still on the outskirts of his own people. He's different. Yeah. And like the younger guy with that glass, one of the newcomer goes, those elders, they don't know anything. Oh, yeah. He was just bad-mouthing. Yeah, Yeah. just bad-mouthing. Old coots. Worthless, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that's why I come to respect Buck, too, because he... He's following that path of his yes, uncle. Yes, yes. His know? uncle's a huge influence on Buck. Ever Big since time. that episode with these where he confessed, the gang and confessed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, confessed to Mutri. Huge influence yeah. on Buck. It, he was a you big could tell guy. It, it hit it hit Buck hard. You oh know, yeah, that he that he passed. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they wind up. Um, you know, they they know instantly who. We find out that Glass was involved with this thug back who in the, the car day. belonged to back in the day. And they're like, okay, well, we know where it's at. So they rush to the corporation who initially out. purchased it. Right. And there's the main guy there, the owner of it. It's like, what did you do? You know, did you do illegal, illegal? Right. How'd you get the box? Where was it? Does it matter? And who is that? Ballard's my assistant. I'm going to take it apart. Do the police know you have it? No. And they never will. As soon as we analyze it, I'm going to destroy it. Heinrich, was there some kind of trouble? Don't you realize what we have here? How valuable this could be? The power! You should never have brought it here! I need the equipment! Let me do my work, and I'll get rid of it. Um, I mean, he's he's not a bad guy. And the guy's like, let me just do my job. Yeah. And, and the guy's being just a jerk. And they break in as they're trying to slice into the box. Uh, George knocks it out of the laser. They go running off with it, and... Uh, George grabs the ankle of glass. He falls, flips the box, and then I knew it was going to pop open, and it fries him because Crispy. he didn't he didn't open it properly. Yeah, but then George sees inside of it, and there's nothing in it. So George is upset. Oh yeah, he, well, Kamuji just died for nothing. For nothing, he thinks. Yeah, yeah. He, goes, he just really? it's an empty box. It's just that's it. He's telling the elders, of, "This worth is this? Yeah, worth was this it? worth it? Yeah." And they're about to leave, and the elders say, "Wait, you need to see what your uncle died for." And she does the Jimmy the, the goosebump part. Right now, <laughs> it's it's just such scene. a cool moment. The whole man. last ten minutes of <laughs> this episode. Cool is just, this is what makes moment. the episode for me. Is where you I, know, that's what I, I knew. Yeah, okay. it's, I knew the, it's, a, it's the crystal heart and the two hearts on the side, and you have to touch them. She does her just, thing. Yeah, she does her thing. She says it. She opens it, and the light beams on George, her, and Matt, and Matt, and then. It's this incredible landscape of Tankdom with two moons. The planet, yeah. Yeah, and it's gorgeous. And you can see George right away, immediately. Oh, impact. George, you know it. Yeah. And, and Matt's even like, Matt. Matt's like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> Matt is even in awe of this. And that's what I love about it is that I read, this is a very rare case where they did blue screen. Not even green screen. This is blue screen. Right. Back in the day. And they don't, they never did that for TV series. And they did this, and he said this. it was difficult because you have to imagine because they didn't, they never Can't saw they never saw that they never saw they never saw any drawings. They had to just imagine this world that was described to them in their head. This is where acting really, really? comes into play. <laughs> this is when you're really acting. You're either a really great actor or you're a really bad actor, and they're incredible actors because you just see the awe in Matt's face, and you can see the most the incredible seriousness in George's. Yes, you his know, heart like, is just you know like this is filling up. This I've never been here. I've never, never seen, seen this. it. This he's only it. been told about it, and he's seeing it for the first time. This is home. It's his entire life. He's seeing his world, his home world, and I and I believe the it's elders such, want to preserve it, right? That, they they want to build they a want, they want to build a temple, temple, so it'll be on all generations can always see their yes, home. Yes, so they can always they come, come in right. and, and and hang out. And the other and corporation them. just wants it. They want it. They want for, energy for power. Yeah. Yes. So it wasn't energy. a bad thing. 
You know, I mean, the way they were going about it, because like the guy said, he goes, I didn't know. And he goes, really? Yeah. You killed someone, you know, you yeah, killed an old man. An old man is, you know, go go ahead and make that in your yeah, yeah, yeah. company or well, yeah, whatever. Because he was still saying, well, the box is ours. I still want it. It's mine. You Even if you're arresting right. me, leave it here. it's ours. Right. And he's like, yeah, that's good publicity. You killed an old You go out any lengths. Yeah, you kill an old man and new energy. Yeah, you kill the old yeah. man, right? That's going to look good on your resume, bud. Yeah, so he kind of gives in and gives the box <clears throat> to the tank them people, and then that's when... But yeah, they, so the, I mean, the company they wanted to use it for the one guy, the owner guy, I guess, yes. the boss boss. Yeah, he wanted to use it for an actual cause, a nice, good clean cause. Right. energy. Yeah, this other guy, the other Tectonese guy, yeah. he was kind of a, he wanted it for that too, but he was willing to do anything, anything to for get it. it. Right? Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he was he a hit, corporate guy. Yes. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it was an incredible ending. You know, and then they shut the box, and you know, George is, is touching both of his hearts, and. Matt's still in awe, like looking at George, like, oh my God, we just saw where you, your home, your home planet, right? I love their interaction; it's incredible. And then we go to the final scene with uh, George Buck holding the chain that Mujer given them, and Mujer just finished his link. Just if, if you yeah. notice, he finished it in one few, scene. He was just the day before. Up. Yeah, yeah, he just put it on there because he knew his time was up, and he had to pass on the chain. So that is, and then because Buck knew that was the time. That was know, the time that to go to George. Time to give and he gives it to George, and then he cries on his dead shoulder, and and then. Goes back to the very last scene is uh, the subplot, which we didn't talk about, where Matt... We're going to. Oh, this is I was favorite. waiting. I was waiting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to backtrack and you can filter it all in because I was... That was... That's such a great... Yeah. So it starts off with uh, Grazer. A, police, a meeting, right? Yeah. Grazer comes in and says, oh, guess what? Uh, Big Brother, Big Sister Corporation... Um, officers that have no family, yeah, and, and obviously they're playing right up to Matt, and he's kind of looking at him. Yeah, you know, he's he, like looking. He's waiting at for him to volunteer, and he's like, "Do I have any volunteers?" And of course, Matt's not there. And George is like, "Well, you don't have any family. You don't." And he's like, "Shut up, George. Shut up." And then he says, "Well, this gets you out of four weeks uh, of some sort of detective some, seminar." Yeah, thing. yeah. And he's like, "I volunteer. I'll do it." Yeah. And uh, before we go out and begin serving the community, I have an announcement. Seems one of my flock is a little tardy. Good morning. Well, better late than never. The division's been approached by the local Big Brother Association for volunteers. They realize we have a number of single officers. Officers with few family obligations, with free time on their hands. Officers who would make excellent Big Brothers. Matthew, you have lots of free time. Just think of the joy you'll bring to the lives of these needy kids. Think of the role you'll play in shaping our future generation. Think of the great PR. What about you, Matt? George. Do I have any volunteers? (laughs) Forget about it, Brian. Too bad, Sykes. Uh, anybody who volunteers gets out of the mandatory four-weekend seminar on evidence gathering and presentation. I volunteer. I knew you had a heart of gold. I'll arrange for your qualifying exam this afternoon. So typical Matt, trying to get out of police work yes. to do something he really doesn't really want to do. He doesn't do. care. Yeah, not really. So then the next thing you cut to this kid, I mean, just a... An adorable kid. Just a good kid, man. Yes. He's you know, he's a nine year old boy. Yes. You could tell he lives with his grandmother. We yes. don't know much of a backstory, but he lives with his grandmother. Rough neighborhood. Yep. Grandmother doesn't and want you know, to go out. He doesn't out. have much, and he doesn't, no. probably doesn't do a lot of things. Doesn't have a lot of friends. So they had to go on a case, and Matt, you know, yeah, he just gets there. Just gets his there. Very first day and he's with happy. Matt, just and he's so happy. Him. But it was like a pre-meeting meeting before they do Saturday. Before tomorrow, every Saturday next day was Saturday. Yeah, right. every day you do a Saturday with your big brother, and yeah, it's just it was such a sweet scene, and, and Matt feels bad. But he's like, oh, here, you know, here's some, some magazines. He's pulling out car magazines and a 
Playboy, the, but then he puts that back in. And the in. kid's generally happy to be in that police station yes. to see people. Yeah, to he see, just wants to stay there. To see, he goes, I'll stay here. Yeah. yeah. He goes, I read the car magazine. I read the mug shots. <laughs> yeah. A guy threw up over here. And he goes, yeah. that happened every day. He's and, just so excited. And, you know, Matt gave him some change. and For the vending for machine. The heavy, nutritious. Not all yeah, he had to have what, what was the nutrition stuff? Oh, no, that Fritos? was. That, was it Fritos? I think it was, it was something good. Yeah. Some corn Fritos. <laughs> We got some vending machines in back, okay? Here. Don't, don't just buy candy now. Get something nutritious, like corn chips or something, huh? Sure, thanks. It's such a great, and you see Matt, because then he comes back like hours later. And the kid, poor kid's sleeping on the desk. On the desk, and, you know, Matt wakes him up, and then he's like, oh, I had such a good time. And you're like, man, this poor kid just, you know. Yeah, he was with Matt for 10 minutes. For, and he said, and he has and such he a great there hours, time. And he had just the best time in the world, and, and his grandmother comes, picks him up, and he's like, we're going for tomorrow. And At Matt's noon. Like, yep, we are. At yeah. noon-ish. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we're, they had we're good the, to go. Well, the case thing went happening. And then they went up casing. That's with the whole buck thing overhearing right. and the Muji thing. So and he's two hours late. Yeah, and they're, and they're eating like on the side of a road. At a From truck. a roach coach. <laughs> yeah. Well, the food carts are popular now, but back in the day, it was called a roach coach. Yeah, yeah. so they had uh, look like a hamburger and fries and, yeah, and, and soda. soda. And, and he was just having, like, Isn't, aren't the trees beautiful? Aren't and the flowers. Beautiful? And, and Matt's like. Yeah, you never. He's, he's like, like, I've never been to the yeah, woods. It reminds he, me of the woods. Reminds me of the woods. I've never been. I've never been to the woods. Only thing I've ever wanted to do is go camping and. Look, Sydney. Uh, sorry, I'm so late. Just two hours. I told my grandma you were on a real important case. These fries are great. You better have some vegetables with those. Wow, isn't that pretty? What? The flowers, the trees. Looks like the woods. Does? Yeah, I've never been to the woods, but I've seen lots of pictures. You ever been to the woods? Wow. I was born in Detroit, but I've been to the woods. Maybe sometime you and me. We'll go camping. That's what I really like to do. Bears, big rocks, waterfalls. Oh, Sydney. Woods can be a very dangerous place. Well, that poison ivy, uh, poison oak. Spiders, you can fall off those big rocks. <laughs> You've been camping? Well, no, not personally. But I knew this guy who broke his leg in the Angeles Forest. He had to spend the whole night there alone, no food or water. Could have died if the Cub Scouts hadn't come by. Found him the next day. Whoa. He's just a kid wanting to be a kid. Right. And then Matt is like, well, we got some you know, things to do. He takes him to his dry cleaner, and he takes him to the hardware store, and he takes for him... stuff for Matt. It's all Aaron stuff. Yeah, and the kids playing. I mean, I, the kid is just adorable. He's like, oh, I just love seeing all the different nails and this. And He's that. generally having stuff. a good yes. time. Um, but then we see Matt's nice fancy car, which I think is the first time we ever see his red road. But I mean, no, the thing yeah, was nice. A sports car, nice in the car I own. He gets out. And his grandmother's there, and, and she's like, oh, how was Disneyland? And he's like, oh, Space Mountain was great. And she said, how was your day? And he goes, oh, Space Mountain. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, yeah, and I had a great time. And, you know, Yesterday. Oh, she's like, yeah, the thank Laker you for game. the Laker game. And, and, yeah, and Matt's kind of like, and he's like, shh. Matt plays along with it, and then he pulls the kid aside, and he's like, you can't lie. You can't lie to your, your grandmother. Um, but and he's like, I, but I really did have a good time with you at this just, hardware store. Yeah. At this, but she just thinks I'm. She yeah. just thinks I'm not having a good childhood. But I'm, and I have a great time especially <laughs> with you. Really, yeah. Sydney. Please don't be mad at me. See, Grandma gets worried about me. She says I'm not having a happy childhood, but I am, especially with you being my big brother. 
I really did like that hardware store and all those different kinds of nails. Uh, okay, uh, but look, I don't want you lying to your grandma. Okay, I won't anymore, I promise. Are we still gonna get together next Saturday? Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll see you. Thanks, Matt, see ya. And it's Matt, you, you see him like, I, I feel like an asshole. Yes. Yes. <laughs> again, again uh, Matt's Matt's outer exterior is kind of yeah. cracking a little more. You know, he's the more the softer side of Matt comes in again. Yeah. I, then, I, you know what? I want to adopt that kid. I really did. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it, it tugs at you. You know, I've been the big brother. Yeah. So I've, right, had, yeah. I've had two little brothers, and I know the feeling. Is it that get. cool, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, are they really? Are they really like that? To where some of them they look are. up to you, and then some oh are. My gosh, you some, know. I mean, because I had one that was—he was a great kid. But they tell you in training when you go to be a big brother that they're going to push you. And they're going to want things. So of course I'm like, no, my little brother is great. He's awesome, and we did a bunch of fun things. But that one time we went to a game store, and he asked me for a game that was like sixty something dollars, and I'm like, well, I can't purchase you a game, game. you know. Um, and he tried it again. And try it again, you know. So, I mean, you have that. And then with my other little brother, because this brother, little brother moved to Chicago, so I had to stop being his little brother, or big brother. And then the other one was only seven or eight, and he was a little too young for the program. Oh. I, I would take him out, and after I'd take we'd movie, popcorn, sodas, and we'd be sitting there getting ready to watch a movie. I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm like, really? Kind of sounds like my you son. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go home. You're like, okay, we'll go home. So I spend maybe a half hour with him and I had to take him home. Take him home. You know, and we did that several times. And after a while, the mom's like, I just don't think he's ready for the program. Um, so I dropped him and then I just haven't picked up another. See, I would do that, man. Brother. I think it'd be fun. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It can be hard when you lose your brothers, little brothers over and over. You know, yeah, you think about it, you want one when they're little, and you watch them grow up into be a Start man. bonding with them and yes. stuff. Yes, you know? and you know, but that just that unfortunately never happened for me. But I'll get back into it again at one point. But yeah, that's so cool. that all all that entire B story leads to the very last scene, which is Matt <laughs> and the little boy and Matt and they're in the camping, woods and he's and, the, and, and Matt. We find out early in this in the episode, terrified. Matt hates <laughs> everything to do with the wilderness <laughs> and outdoors. The air, it's too clean. Why'd I let you drag me out here? Oh, I love it out here. The great outdoors. Plenty of natural UV. Let me tell you something, George. It's dangerous out here. A lot of things in nature can hurt you. But he's sucking it up for this kid, for this little boy whose dream is to go camping. And the kid's just so ecstatic. They're roasting marshmallows. He's like, we can go hiking tomorrow. tomorrow. We can look, look for rocks. And we can do... And just a little boy. Yep. And uh, that's how... And, you know, and he's like, this is the best day ever. And Matt says, <laughs> me too. <laughs> And you see his heart melt. It's just God, and it's such God. a great, it's a great ending to the to the episode. Dude, goosebumps again. I'm telling you, it was such a great ep. I, I, I you know see, what? This is why I I'm love telling this you. I'm telling you, you know. And it's mine's not for that reason. Change of love, ready? Is really high up there still. Mine, my reason for the, I, I don't get me wrong. I like the whole Tecton planet, mm -hmm. but I like, I do like that the big brother, little brother. I like that bonding. Mm -hmm. You know, Matt again. Oh, uh, you know, getting out of police work. No. And then he really, truly realizes, realizes man, yeah. this kid. Yeah. You know he's, what I mean? He's going to realize what an influence he what, can What kind be. of impact he's making for yeah. this kid. You know, I just think, because I got kids, you know. I yeah, got two yeah. little kids, and it's it's important to be in their lives. And, and, and we know Matt had issues with, with his, his family. Own child. And he had Captain Jack. Right. Who and, he bonded with and left him. And left him. And then his own daughter he couldn't bond yeah, with, really. Right. So, so, I mean, 
He he's knows. Come along. He knows what this kid is going through, being lonely. In this fourteen episodes, that's why he can love going to the hardware store because all you gotta do is not the fact that what you're doing is because you're with somebody. Absolutely, that's all that matters. And that's what that he kid, didn't do he, nothing. He didn't care. He didn't care as long as he's with him. Yep. As long as he's with Matt. Just a great episode. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 9.5. <laughs> oh, I give this like I already said. A 10. <laughs> okay, nine, All the way. 9.5. 10, 10. This is Chains of Love is just barely this under this This is in my one. top three. This is definitely. Oh, yeah. This is definitely Easily. my number yeah, one. Yeah, it's so. a really. God, people, if you haven't seen it, DVR it. Go on Hulu. Go on Netflix. To whatever you got to yeah. do. Find it and watch this episode. You should do that with the whole series. Yes, but, but no, I agree. Is. But this, especially this episode, yeah. it. I don't care how, you know, uh, you know, you, this will touch your heart. It will, <laughs> I don't care if you're a roughy tough. You know what I'm saying? I'm. Not, I'm just saying. Yeah, it will touch your heart, people. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, a great episode. You will goosebump. It's. I will. I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch <laughs> it right now. That's how good this episode is. Yes. So go watch it. And let me know. Okay? <laughs> Emily? I remember when Uncle Muji told me bedtime stories of Tank Ton. Nalus Tayyip Emery. Nalus Tayyip Emery. I remember when Uncle Mudry took me to the sea and he gave me hope. Nalas Taya Bemri. Nalas Taya Bemri. I really miss him. George. I remember Mudry's love for his people and tradition. Hope for our future. Nalas Taya Bimri. Nalas Taya Bimri. All right, we're going to move on to some behind the scenes. Uh, I have the first one here. Although they don't appear in the main credits, Jeff Marcus, who plays Albert Einstein, and Terry Trejas, who plays Kathy Frankel, did not appear in this episode. They did not. And also, they actually removed, as we mentioned in the previous episode, the other three main characters of Dobbs that were and uh, yeah Dobbs Burns and Molly or but, Jill. But what's funny about uh, when, how they removed the reporter in the last yeah, yeah. episode? Matt makes a reference. I know oh, a good. Got, I know a good guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. A good reporter. And I'm like, oh, he got a reference. He got a shout out. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> definitely cool. We learn a little bit more about Matt's character in this episode. We learn how he was born and raised in Detroit and has a deathly fear of spiders. Yes, and the wilderness in general. Just in, yeah, snakes. <laughs> and He didn't like it at all. The outdoors just was not his thing. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, especially since he couldn't tell the difference between dog poop and horse poop. And also poison ivy and poison oak, because poison yeah. ivy, we all know, is an East Coast, Coast thing, yeah, and poison oak is a West Coast <laughs> thing, all right? Even I knew that. Well, no, I didn't. I just yeah. found that out he's, today. He's definitely not a nature boy. Right. So. Yeah. Thank you. Was it worth it? Mudri's death? For that? He felt it was. The box is empty. A power source, some kind of weapon, that's all. It is meaningless! Yet you brought it back. Yes. I promised Mudri. I did it for him. You did it for your people. For the generations to come. And what good is an empty box for generations to come? 
With this, we will build a temple here on Earth. Build a temple? Based on superstitions and lies? That is our heritage? Come on, Jones, let's go. Wait. You deserve to know what your uncle died for. The power you mentioned is merely a device to protect what is inside the box. What you could not see because the box was opened by someone who didn't know the way. There is only one way. Between the clear eye and the pure hearts. This is what Mudri wanted for our children. When they come to the temple, they will see the heart of Tenten. They will see home. Well, fortunately, we do not have any newcomer names in this no, one. No, no funny names. I mean, other than glass, but that wasn't really... I mean, we, you know, we all we drink out glasses. of those. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you wear them, whatever. I mean, that's going to be a Price is Right thing for all. He knew. He knew he was going to die. Your mother and I have decided. I'm going to name the baby Vesna. find alienation podcast all over the internet we have a facebook page at www.facebook.com slash alienation podcast you also can reach us at twitter at alienation cast yes and you can do my personal twitter at geeky fanboy you can do my personal twitter at master jedi 1975 that's right so uh, drop us a line follow us and say hi to us all right, so that's going to do. I think we both really, really, I mean, you gave it a 9.5. I gave it a 10. That's probably as high rating as we can go with this episode. Any episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of the series. So this was definitely an incredible episode. Very glad that we got to watch this one. I've been waiting for this one all season long. You have been. You've been saying that since I've, day one. I told you. I, this was the one I was waiting for. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> that's not true. But, <laughs> Come on. Still a great series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm Kenny. And I'm Michael. But before we go, always remember... Uncle Mudri may be gone, but he's always in our hearts. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Uncle Mudri. We love you. (laughs) After this, we can tell scary stories and sing some songs. Yeah. Tomorrow, we can go hiking and look for rocks. Matt, this is the best time I've ever had. Me too, Sydney. Me too. Hi, my name's Kenny, and I'm a fanboy. Do you like Star Trek, Star Wars, Harry Potter? Do you consider yourself a brown coat or a twihard? Are you into cosplaying, LARPing, a furry? 
Can you speak Klingon or Elvish? Can you name all the doctors and their companions? You just love football or can't get enough of your favorite music group? Then this podcast is for you, Confessions of a Fanboy. Each episode, I sit down with a fanboy or fangirl and discuss their fandom and how it affects their daily lives. Be it geeky, sporty, or musical, fandoms can span a wide range of people. So come subscribe to Confessions of a Fanboy on iTunes. Or visit us online at confessionsofafanboypodcast.com and take a listen to fellow fans talk about the love for their fandom. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shape what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Alien Nation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. George is shocked to learn that ton of the... What? To other... To... <laughs> to... What? We have Terry Trejessa's The Beautiful Catholic... Tony... Um, Tony Mer... 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 Merver... Merver... Merver...